You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. All right, welcome back to the Break It Down podcast. Today is, in fact, part two, the follow-up and the results of the contest to knock Devin and Toby out of Emory to audition for the band and see if you could write better vocal parts than them. We premiered, if you don't know what I'm talking about, we premiered a little bit, a little while back a uh, version of an Emory song that was brand new, but no vocals. It was just the instrumental. We asked people to write vocals for it and send them in, and we got a bunch of submissions. And I've got Devin Shelton here today, singer of Emory, and we're going to go through some of them, talk about them, as well as premiere the uh, the real version, the Devin and Toby version, just in a few minutes. Devin, you there? You can hear me? Oh, I'm here, Matt. All right. Before we get doing going with that, tell them what we want them to do and be paying attention to and to promote, and then I'll roll the theme song, and then we'll get to it. Well, I'll tell you guys what. We got a lot of stuff going on right now uh, in Emory. We have a brand new album that you can pre-order right now at emorymusic.com. You get an immediate download of our album as soon as you pre-order any package, so you can listen to the album right away. Uh, right. So go to emorymusic.com and get a pre-order. And then while you're there, you can check out all of our uh, tour dates. We're going out in November um, in the Northeast, kind of hitting a little bit of the Midwest. And you get all you can get a full event ticket for the BC Roadshow. There's lots of stuff going on uh, that day. And then we'll have a concert that night. Then we're going to be out in January as well with O Sleeper. So go to emorymusic.com and see all the stuff we got going on. Yep, you got that right. And also, we've just added, this is special, we just added He is Legend to the BC Roadshow, the Emory Show that's in right. uh, the Northeast coming up. So that's Dang. fun. We hadn't been with them in a really long time, and we're excited to be able to announce them here now. So get your tickets for all that. Okay, here comes the theme yes. music, and then we'll roll. Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. 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 Let's make cutter. Yeah. Okay. So I'm hearing, you know, Georgia say, break it down, Dada, and now I've got Jerry. i got to update the theme song because Jerry's old <laughs> enough to say it now, and Jer- Georgia's a big girl, so. Yeah, I know. She's going to be, she calls you dad now, doesn't she? Yeah, oh, yeah. She's, yeah she, <laughs> but I got I got tape of Jerry Pops. saying it now. I've got to re-edit the theme song and add, the, add that to it. She's that age. <laughs> okay, so, uh, man, I had to tell you that this is one of the songs that I thought was one of the coolest on the record until I had to listen to this many the versions of it in a row. And no offense <laughs> to the people that made the, made the versions. It's just that I've heard the song all day today, I feel like. And so now I'm, I'm <laughs> beginning to become sick of it. It's, it's over my limit. What do you think? Me and Toby get to stay in the band or not? <laughs> yes, I do think that after hearing them all, that you and Toby's jobs are secure. 
I do think Sweet. if it had been a pure contest, you'd have won it anyway in my ear, so you do get to stay in Emory. <laughs> but there were some really, really good ones here, and we'll go through some of them. But like I said, you can get fatigued when you listen to something over and over and over <laughs> again. And there were so many submissions, I think 30 or more, that there's yeah. it's just impossible to play all of them. So we, we're not going to be able to air them all here. Um, but there's a link in the show notes there to a folder, Dropbox folder. So if you want to hear any of the other ones or when's any that we reference or anything else like that, um, you can you can do that. And I'm going to go through and, and list everybody that did them and give a, give a note or something about acknowledge each one because I, I really do appreciate them. And everybody uh, did really well and better than I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought there would be more terrible ones. And, yeah, and they weren't all awesome either that but uh i I did think the overall quality was really good some of these people are real singers obviously like i'm I'm sure these are lead singers of decent bands out there that i don't know what i can't tell which ones are in bands or not but some of them obviously have some experience and did some great stuff and great arrangements too yeah there was some really creative stuff in there i was kind of surprised for sure and like you said there there's definitely some really good ones and there's some that aren't great but you know that's kind of part of the whole deal, especially when you get 30 submissions. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. insane. I was expecting like maybe 10 mm-hmm. or something. And we awesome. will, uh, I've decided, I was thinking of playing some of them and talking about them and then doing our song at the end, but I'm worried that everybody else will get ear fatigue too. So I'm gonna, we'll go ahead and talk <laughs> about our version to play it first, just to make sure that you get a nice, clean virgin listen right. of it. And we'll actually let this function as a premiere for the song. So nobody anywhere well i guess people that have the album already have heard this song so that happened but uh you know what i was hoping nobody would get it before but anyway nobody seemed to rip it off or anything like that but uh, i know some of the the backers of the crowdfund have already heard it but this is the public premiere of this song it's called uh everything that she offered me uh toby Mm -hmm. wrote the primary lyrics but tevin and toby both sang on it and so i think we should just go ahead and play it here and then we'll start to discuss it. Is there anything else we want to say before we play it? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it's kind of cool, though, because I think Toby got this title from another song on the album. Oh, that's I an think, interesting which, fact, yeah. Yeah, he got from the song Safe, I think, because mm-hmm. we were trying, we were sitting on the bus trying to come up with some titles and stuff, and he just pulled it from a different song, which I thought was kind of neat. So there's a little tidbit of info. Okay. All right. Well, this will function as the premiere publicly for this song. And uh, this is what Devin Toby came up with on a song that Dave and I arranged and wrote and put mu- music to, primarily at least. Uh, but I didn't mean to leave you out of that when Dave and I did that episode. I'm sure that you had some influence on while we were arranging. Do you recall that? A little bit. I I, I do remember that Dave had the, the meat of the idea as mm-hmm. far as the drums and what he kind of had idea for that and then i just remember we kind of explored when we got into the seven part i think you kind of geared you know you kind of directed that that part and we were just kind of floating along i remember having something to do with it but i remember you and dave were the primary mm-hmm. uh composers on that one yeah i think you were on you were on the base i don't think toby was paying much attention but when we demoed yeah he was on facebook i think yeah on facebook right <laughs> <laughs> okay all right here we go this will be the uh, premiere of the song your parents climb the stairs Say goodnight, say goodnight, don't stay up You your head on my shoulder Teenage girl everything This is the best night of my young life Is it just too? I thought about this moment I think that I love you 
That does yeah. make me feel good going back and listening to it now after I'd listened to all the other versions. And again, I'm not knocking them, but <laughs> I, I think that turned out terrific on, on what, what you two guys did. And I think I'm trying to think now, going back to this, what are the things that stick out to me that is different than the average submission that we got? And the yeah. f- I, th- I mean, it's certainly more dynamic is the first thing I notice. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> it's... it's in gen- that's what's interesting, and we'll get more into this, I know, as we start listening to the submissions, but um, a beginner, I guess, typically a beginner singer uh, or a person who writes vocals and melodies, it's so easy to get just kind of stuck in a spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're just kind of stuck in this this zone of, of I don't know, like volume and yep. and notes and all this stuff, and it, it's hard to get out of that. It's almost like acting or something. Like you know how you really ha- people always said you have to go way over the top to even be really noticeable yes. as an actor. Sometimes, yes, and that's how I feel about vocals. Yeah, you know what I mean. You almost have to like overdo it in order to really be dynamic. Yeah, it's something about the range of of it where people just get an idea in their head, like it's a sound that they're making that feels comfortable, and then they they don't really stray out of that volume, that tone, that range. That right. you know amount of aggression or subtlety or there's just so many qualities that the human voice can have that if you realize oh my gosh I'm not using a, any percent of them at some point you know right it, it's a uh, it's it's dimensional it's it's like being uh-huh. three dimensional versus one dimensional a lot of times is 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 what's going on because I mean sometimes in there I hear you guys singing rough and aggressive, but not necessarily loud. And sometimes it's a little syrupy and it's got some other quality right. to it. Sometimes it is right. quiet. And then of course yep. you can do things like scream or, or go high notes and low notes. But even in an, any normal register, there's just a billion ways that you can phrase stuff. Even once all the notes and words are written, 
just the the delivery of it is almost everything. And uh, right. here I, I did it with Bridget sitting around in the room, and every time we'd play one, uh, like it, it you you know you know in in two seconds what you it's crazy how quickly you can you can um and this is different than the other point about using variety across the song right there's also a it's like a personality with somebody with a good personality walks in a room it's you know it, it you know they don't have to prove it in seven minutes that they have a good personality you just yeah they do have it it's magnetic or it's not and you're yeah. paying attention or it's not it feels real or it doesn't you know confident or not like those things are just they're knowable almost instantly i think yeah, I agree with that. And that's funny you say that because I mean, I did listen through all all of all of these. Um but you're right. I mean, there was like uh, several of the songs that you know, at 15 20 seconds in, I was like I I, I knew exactly if I was going to like this version right. or not. Yeah, you yeah, there's, there's not no hardly one where you think I don't really think I like this and by the end you're like, "No, that was actually cool." That basically doesn't happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. And so that, I don't know if that means, uh, does that, do you think of that, like, do you think of that when you compose that you know that the beginning's important or that doesn't even really matter? Like, do you think of the entrance, like your first couple of lines as more important than the rest? Uh, I don't think of them that way, but now that you say that, I think they are important and maybe even uh, slightly more important. Mm -hmm. But I, when I'm, when I'm, I'm writing vocals, I don't think of it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do think probably, um, without really, really paying close attention to it, that the beginning of a song has to capture somebody, mm -hmm. you, you know, don't I mean, have that's long. part of, yeah, right. You don't have long. Cause if, if it's too long and there's not much going on, then you're going to lose them. So it, subconsciously it's probably there, but I'm not intentionally thinking, okay, this part has to be more interesting or better than another mm -hmm. part. You know what I mean? I don't think that way. Yeah, like this one, for instance, uh, and I'm going to play it again, but make sure as we can maybe talk over it, and I, maybe I'll pause it here there. But this one, okay. uh, it starts with a vocal pickup, just a quick eighth note, your pair, you know. Uh, one little note there, pickup. So you've already you've already tuned in to what Toby's doing on the vocals before you hear the downbeat of music. That's kind of helpful. And you can take that all the way back to thinking about walls you know that are you listening there because the original yeah. version of walls it didn't have that part it didn't have screaming it was just instrumental for like 45 seconds before verse one came in and we'd played walls that way for a couple of years before we recorded it and then the yeah. day the day we were recording or that week we added vocals at the beginning including are you listening and right it, you're crazy if you think anybody would have ever cared about that song if it didn't do that I know. You know, so, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's wild. And that was just a, an afterthought. Well, I guess we'll add some screaming. I guess we're doing screaming now. I guess I'll start with the line. I, I guess the line will go before the song even comes in. But without those things, it's, it didn't grip anybody. And then that song was going to be later in our album, too. And Tooth and Nail made us put walls first with that Are You Listening first. And uh, it couldn't have been a better decision. They didn't make us, but they convinced us right, and they were right. correct about that. Um, so yeah, that that kind of stuff just you, you know almost everything you need to know by the downbeat of walls, don't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's so funny, the, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the thing too is like even with some of these versions, there's a there's a few that I remember. I think that they didn't sing over the in, over the first part of the song, right? And it's funny because we've talked you've talked about this before too, like with Dave, and we've talked about it in general. But you net like with with Emery, 
there's never a break in vocals, right? Usually like, not. Very few, yeah. Har- hardly ever more than a few seconds without a vocal. And sometimes, you know, I, I agree. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of nice to let the music breathe a little bit, maybe hear a part. But when I heard that with someone not singing over it, I was like, this is boring. Huge mistake. I mean, I li- yeah. I, yeah, I like the music. I mean, the music's great, but I, I'm, I'm so used to having something there that adds a layer to it that I was like, yeah, this is not good. You got to do something over this part or else I'm lost. If it had a really melodic part, then that'd be different. But I think, I mean, as the person that wrote the guitar parts and the harmonic and melodic content of that, I never expected for a second you wouldn't be singing when I'm just, Mm -hmm. you know, doing a chord. There's not, you know, the chord doesn't even have much of a melody on the top line of the chord there. So to me, it's like a, if I was producing, I, I would have never let anybody get away with not singing right away. Like that was, yeah. I didn't really, maybe I didn't think about it, but as a producer, I wouldn't have not, I would not let that happen. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It, it just, it, it's funny too, because the, it's not like the music's simple. No. You know what I mean? It's not, it's it's like, like Dave was saying on the yep. last episode, that the drums are crazy and everything's like kind of chaotic and the rhythmic, it's just wild. But yeah, to have something steady, like those vocals, over it just makes it feel more cohesive. You know, it makes it feel st- stronger, I guess. Yeah, I'll play, here's the beginning again. So think, now listen to this and think how quickly you have an opinion about it. Your parents climbed the stairs. Say goodnight, say goodnight, don't... You know, right in there, you're right. already, you already kind of get it. I didn't mean to pause it there so quickly, but you get the idea. It's, um, the drums probably would have been kind of the lead thing anyway. So even right here at the beginning, when you get that that quickly, what else can you notice right away? I think the, maybe the tonality of it is something else I think you know. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So Your the tonality. Super major key sounding for a second right. there. So what did you what do you guys think about the uh, approach when you hear a song like that? Uh, I'll pause it right there. What do you think about the approach when you get a song like this? Because normally, I'd say sixty percent or more of songs start with an idea that is vocal and chords, and this is yeah. a different song. This is a song where the m- music was composed, done, basically tracked, and then uh, y'all have to compose music, uh, the vocals over it. Uh, how does that feel yeah. like to you? And do you like doing that better or worse? Uh, sometimes, sometimes it's nice because it, it gives you kind of a fresh perspective on it. Sometimes I struggle with it a little bit just because I, you know, when I, Toby and I write a little bit differently. So like sometimes for me, it's nice to have a good solid idea that I'm working around, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To kind of run with. And Toby is really, he's really good at just kind of, he'll hear something you know, he'll hear some music and he'll have an idea that's something I would never have thought of. And so he he's good about that sometimes. So I would say he's probably, you know, he's he's one of the more creative guys when it comes to that kind of setup, like just giving him because, you know, he ever since we've been writing music together for the past couple of decades, he usually just comes up with like parts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he he's written a ton of songs, but a lot of times it's just like parts that he really has. And so you'll be the one that kind of finish off the songs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of has to do that. He's always kind of filled in 
parts that you know what I mean. Yeah, that I he hasn't think, had. I think if I had to say it, we probably have something like thirty, thirty, and thirty percent. It's like thirty percent is a song yeah. that you have an idea for or a whole song. Thirty percent are Toby's bits, and maybe up to twenty or thirty percent are songs that I or me and a combination of people fabricate music and then vocals come later and some of the best ones have been that way but not necessarily the best ones but and not some of them yeah i think i think those they turn out pretty i mean i guess all of them turn out pretty good but there's uh i was trying to think of ones that are like that i think walls is that way i think so cold i can see my breath is that way um, there's a, the, a song on the question that you sang. I can't remember the name of it because they have weird names. It's like track seven or eight or nine or something. What's that one? Um, it's that kind of the weakest. Ha- yeah, the weakest. The weakest was yeah, yeah. was that way. Uh, I think right. it was something I composed and then gave to you, largely finished. Um, yeah. You know, there's been a bunch of them through the years, but some of the ones that turned out really good are that way because maybe it's composed to have all the. Oh, and uh, is this the real life on the new record? Right. Is the yeah, same way. Was, yeah. It was something that was mostly composed out. And by the time Toby got it back, even though I think some of the ideas were his originally, there was no original m- melody for it. It was just music and then vocals. He just came up with all of them with a finished track. So sometimes right. if you can connect with that right, it can really, it can just be awesome. Because you, you oh, know, yeah. if you start with an idea, sometimes you stay locked into your original idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, I, I t- totally. And that's that's the thing, too, is like, um, you know, with this song particularly, when I heard the music for this, I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, kind of crazy, this beginning part and stuff like that. And then Toby had a pretty strong idea for it. And he sent me the ideas, and I was like, oh, well, that's that's great. We'll you know, that's awesome. Shape, so yeah. I'm just kind of filling in gaps. And, and it's interesting, too. And I don't know if this makes it easier or harder for other people. Prob- I mean, it may be a little easier for us. But Toby and I, when we write vocals, we are always thinking there's another guy who's going to sing some stuff. Mm-hmm. You leave so r- leaving room and making room or composing for the other guy. Right. So you're composing that way. So a lot of times I think when people write individually, which I guess is most people uh, in most bands, they have to fill in all the spots. And so sometimes that might cause it to be a little bit, little bit monotonous. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. It doesn't leave room for some different ideas and you know created creativity there you know what i mean yeah i do and i think also when you write the whole music first the other liability of it is sometimes it's like uh you get excited and you th- have this whole song you think it's going to be good and then the guy comes back with the vocal part and you're like oh well <laughs> because nothing it's like no you could say maybe just try and start over i think we've done that a few times like no didn't you didn't you <laughs> tell me didn't you tell me one time i think this was when i was out of the band for a little bit and so you guys were working on You Were Never Alone, and wasn't it Rock Pebble Stone that you wrote, or mm-hmm. basically you kind of yeah, composed that, that was most another of it? One. Yeah, and in fact, and, now that you say that, sorry to interrupt you, check no. this out. I'll take a little bit of credit here. <laughs> I don't need any credit. <laughs> I, I, but Walls, So Cold I Could See My Breath, Rock Pebble, is that's the first song on the album, right? And yeah. is this a real life? So four, four of the tracks. opening tracks had had that 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 formula wow yeah i guess you're right that's funny but i think so tell me again because i was i was involved in the recording process but not the writing process for that album so did to when toby got his vocals back to you mm-hmm. you didn't like them or you were surprised by them or something is that right 
Okay, I'll I'll try to explain this. Toby's memory is very stupid (laughs) on this. So, yeah, I had Rock Pebble all the way arranged, like complete, before and recorded before he got it. And I wasn't worried about his parts or anything like that. It's just the thing that he, that he, I, when he first demo, or demo vocal, not finished when he first showed him to me. And I took issue with the fact that he seemed to, in the original way that I was hearing it, he seemed to forget, not notice that it had a structure that was verse and chorus that repeated in certain places that surprised me. And it was his demo, wasn't the final version. So right. the first thing I heard from him, I heard him misinterpreting the sections as I thought that they were. Ah, uh, okay. And that was on a unfinished, not great first go through on that. And he said, yeah. and he, so he fought with me a little bit. And I was like, yeah, but don't you see how this is the same part? And so he said, he got mad and said, no, let me do it. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. And I was like, okay. And I let it go. And of course, what, what he did was right and good. And I don't wish he had done it any different, but right, right. That, that was the situation on that. <laughs> and there's just a certain, and it's really weird in situations like that, because there's tons of times when you hear something that you're not expecting. Yeah. Or you have a concern about, and sometimes the person that you go to will listen to you, and sometimes they are not having it. <laughs> and so it's a yeah. it's, it's a pick your battle situation typically yeah. on that. And so I, I don't believe that it should be where you can't criticize the other person's stuff. That that that's not true. But you had to. Yeah, but no, I do. Totally. I, but I I probably pick less battles than I used to would have, and that's probably well, that- better. That's, I mean, that's true. I mean, I, I know we got some other stuff to talk about, but it's true because, like, there's p- been plenty of times where you're totally married to an idea, mm-hmm. and then someone else might not love it, and so it's like there's some tension there. It's like, do you, you know what I mean? I, but then there's other times, like even on our our newest album, there was a couple songs where I sent them to you and Toby, and I said, I just don't know if this is good. I don't know if I like this vocal part. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. And you guys were like, oh, I, I think it's good. Yeah, or, I some, think it's great. Yeah, some of the stuff you didn't like that you were self-conscious about, I said, no way, that's great. Leave it, leave it, leave it. But Yeah, you know. so it's interesting. You just kind of get, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. just kind of get stuck and you're unsure and you're second-guessing everything you do. And so you just kind of need some reassurance or someone just to come in and say, hey, that sucks, scrap it, Yep, do something else. But you know? sometimes people will just get defensive if you trigger it wrong or yeah. say it the wrong way, and then you're going to be stuck with the idea because they're going to say, no, it, it's, <laughs> I'm the singer and this is the part, and they're only saying that because you insulted them. So, <laughs> Right. You know, that probably happens a lot. Yeah, a lot of times you go, you know, I think what you're doing is so great. I love it. I love everything you're doing. It's just maybe all the <laughs> notes are bad. You know, you have to figure out a nice way to say it, <laughs> but usually not. Okay, so we'll keep going in the song here, and th- this next part is one of the things that I thought was weird. You know, I trust you guys on vocals, but this next part is one that when I first heard it was one of those things I was thought I'm going to have to pick my battle here and argue it because it seemed like a mistake the first time I heard this this one part in the song. Right. It wound up being in the song, and I, I didn't even, I've never brought it up to Toby because I didn't want to get in a fight with him about it. And I eventually got used to it, and now I like it. I think it's a character part uh, in the song that I'm, I'm glad is in here. But check this out. Uh, it's this line where this, uh, what's it? I'll play it and tell you what it is. It's, uh, you can't pray away the weakness is the line. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's crazy. 
I mean, that sounds like kind of like a mistake, but it's really neat. And so here's where I actually wound up with it. The line is, I can't pray away the weakness. Now, weak is exactly what it is. It sounds like it falls apart. I don't know if that's on purpose, but it's like, I don't know who's singing what note and the timing's a little off. And it, doesn't, right. it sounds like you didn't arrange the harmonies. Yeah, well, that part was actually Toby's idea because he sent me a scratch of the two parts together, and I thought the same thing as you. I was a little bit confused. I was like, no, I don't know if he like left this in there accidentally, like it was another idea he mm-hmm. had, but it was supposed to be together, and I was like, all right, I, I guess it is right. So I eventually kind of got to where it felt comfortable, and I kind of did intentionally make it feel like a little swoopy and a little weird you know what i mean that was kind of the point of it so yeah it sounds like just being lazy like he was just trying to arrange harmonies and then or something but didn't really think through how they they just i don't know yeah "Ah, we'll figure that out later and you didn't (laughs) well (laughs) but i like it now i I know i was the same way i I felt a little weird about it and but then after the album kind of came together the vibe it just felt right you know what i mean it just felt like it fit i mean i meant to ask him about that but do you think it can't be on pr- that brilliant that's on purpose that you're talking about weakness and then it's a, a weakly arranged part, right? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> More like that. If, if so. There's there's plenty of things in the album that I was like, that that wind up that way that, that you think are wrong at the time and then you wind up liking. But anyway, that's one of them. I thought that part was pretty neat. All right, let's play. <laughs> let's listen to it one more time and uh, I'll let everybody else hear it one more time and then we'll do something else. Okay. Yeah, he just trails off, and it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll keep going with the song here. What happens next? That's the little dashboard harmony there. Yeah, it's the seven part here. You like singing over seven? I mean, I like it, but it sometimes it gets a little confusing at times, but... Okay, I'm going to stop it right here. Let's talk about that scream a little bit. It's the only scream in the song. And yeah. I, I'm almost not even thinking that it necessarily needs a scream, but I really like how it turned out because it's this whole thing where the vocal goes, ramps up, gets there, gets intense, turns into a scream, and the music's about to get heavy. And then when the part actually gets heavy, that's the screaming goes away and it goes to a soft three-part kind of harmony. So that yeah. little twist there is what <laughs> I really, really dig about that. Yeah, but, you know, back in the day, we would have probably continued on with like a, a, a more of an intense kind of part, a scream, you know, just something to make it, you know, keep elevating there. But I, I love how that turned out because it just, like you said, it's it's unexpected. It's not really what you would expect to hear there. So I think it, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I, I there is less screaming on this album, and I'm not over-screaming exactly. I like it. I don't renounce it. But right. the thing that screaming was supposed to achieve in a lot of cases is surprise or over-the-top or going somewhere you wouldn't, you know. And, and in 2000 and 1999 and 2006, I mean, screaming was, you know, it was it, it was a little less done and so it it had a little bit more impact so now if you can hear it coming a mile away 
you know, it doesn't seem like the right call. And this one's a little surprised that it doesn't scream where you think it's kind of going to. And I'm, I'm still pretty, I still think that's super sweet here. And there's a little bit more yelling and stuff here. But I don't think it's just because we're yeah. old and don't like screaming anymore. Can't just be no. That. I don't think I don't think that's it. I just I feel like we've found ways to achieve similar intensity in other ways, which I think is just I think it's just another creative outlet for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like I think most of the a lot of the screaming on this album happens in like you said unexpected places, like in quiet verses or mm-hmm. just like, like that spot, and then it doesn't continue. So I think that's I don't know. That's just a different way to view it, I guess. Now. All right, let's roll on forward here. All right. I'll put play it for this. I'll back it up. I love that real strong stop there. Yeah, I'll back that up one more time so you can hear that part build. Yeah, that's it's nice. All right. And then yeah. uh, that ending is, I think, works out really good because it's a little bit more abrupt than you would think. And even the guitar cuts off pretty quick. So I think that I dig yeah. that part about that song. I actually read a, a, a really cool compliment, I thought, on uh, Twitter or something somewhere where they said that they felt like these songs on this album, like, like they ended in a way that not kept them wanting more, but just made them feel like satisfied with the song, even though it felt like they wanted to hear more. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but they, it was yeah. a really cool compliment for something with, which I thought it's, it's easy just to, to drag a song out too long. Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? And and so for us to be able to end it at maybe the exact right time or when it's supposed to end is probably the best way. To, I mean, any, any compliment ever. Yeah. And you, you can have an element of surprise in what doesn't happen next at all. Like that's not, you know, it's like right. what you don't do, what you don't do next is part of the art. The boundary is something, yeah. you know, what the cutoff is. There's, you know, you can be experimental endings and fade outs and ring outs and shorter sections and stuff like that. And I don't buy the thing of you got to leave them wanting more. That's a little bit cliche for me. I think of it as yeah. you got to get it just right. Because if you, you can't just stop in the middle of a good chorus and say, see, I left him wanting more. It doesn't work <laughs> any more than right. a TV shows where they don't resolve stuff at the end because they think it's a cliffhanger. And you're like, wait, wait a second. That you don't, this doesn't feel yeah. good. You, but you do like a cliffhanger hanger ending of a season and stuff, but you want it to have enough satisfaction in it too. So you just, you got to get right. And I think that one ends pretty good. Right. Yeah. It's got to have enough tension in the ending that, that isn't cheesy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, but leave you to where it's like, oh yeah, that's that's what I wanted, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, the end and beginning. I guess we said that about this track, but uh, it's, yep. it's probably more true about everything. If you could package the beginning just right and the end just right, that's pretty good. Um, that's that's a lot of it. All right, Devin. Before we go any farther, I got to tell you guys about Audible. They're like one of my favorite sponsors ever because I already used the product before, and I 
love it. It is so awesome. I got an Apple Watch recently. So not only is it great with the phone, but with the watch, even better. It synchronizes perfectly. And I'm zooming through so many audiobooks. I'll tell you, the last two are am on. I'm on one called Profit First, which is helping me understand finances a little bit better for our businesses. That one has been terrific. And then I also just read Jonathan Haidt's book, The Coddling of the American Mind. It's about, you know, safetyism, essentially, which is like, how we overprotect our kids and now they're on college campuses and it's crazy and and we're not you know people aren't growing up today with maybe the right skills to make it and it might explain some of the madness that's going on in the world anyway it's a good book if you'd be into it but audible is the platform i am built to digest content and information through audible sounds through people talking through storytelling and it's just nothing like it of course i love podcasts but this is even more dense than a podcast so I couldn't recommend Audible really anymore. Audible members, they get a credit every month that's good for any audiobook in the store. So regardless of the price, the unused credits roll over the next month. And if you didn't like your audiobook, you can exchange it, no questions asked. Um, the books are here to keep. I mean, you can go back and re-listen to them anytime you want. It helps you listen to more books by letting you switch seamlessly between your devices. And trust me, that really does work. Whether it's on your phone, car, tablet, Amazon Echo even, you can just you can just do all that stuff. It's, it really is terrific. And I could not recommend it more because think about your information diet, like what you put into your head through your ears. Oh, my goodness, it's crazy. Anyway, you can start a 30-day trial and get your first audiobook for free if you go to audible.com slash down, or you can just text it to 500-500. You can text uh, down to 500-500, and you can do it. You can just get right into audiobook. So, again, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook, 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash down, browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, and download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Go to Audible.com audible.com slash down or text 505 text down to 500 500 to get started today um okay i don't want to yeah let's move on everybody's like man we sent all these songs in and we wanted to hear all the other versions and here we have spent <laughs> half hour talking about our how genius we are so genius <laughs> okay let's get into some of these and talk about what's good about them um and again i'm not i don't want i think we'll just play five or six of these uh, and parts of them. And these are all okay. ones I think are interesting and good stuff. And I know there's some of them that you liked and wanted to play too. Um, yeah. But really, I think everybody did some some tremendous stuff. So where can we start here? Uh, I guess we can say you got the people's names and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me. I made a little sheet, so give me a second as I pull that okay. up to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Um, there's some of these that I don't think you've heard um, that there's I listened to. But I've I've listened to all of them and have a couple notes. I have a, notes for everybody actually, and I'll give them. I'll give you all at least one little note here. Um, by the time we get to the end, uh, let's see. Okay, this one guy did it. <laughs> this is interesting. I don't th- I don't know if you heard this one, but I was talking about walls before and the beginnings of songs. So let's check out uh, this submission from Brandon Horn. Thanks for sending this one in, Brandon. <laughs> Not bad, huh? Yeah. 
I think there's some interesting stuff there. You know, he's got. Can you hear me if I talk over this? We'll just let the track play. I'll come down on it. Hold on. How's that? Can you? Yeah, that's good. But you can hear the track that we were just listening yes. to, right? Okay. Yeah, I can. So he starts with that, are you listening? Which is, at first I think, oh, this is a joke, but it's not a joke. I suppose it's just a nice tribute. So thank you, Brandon. Yeah, there you go. But your vo- <laughs> the vocals are terrific there. I thought he did really yeah. good. He did a very, you know, on-the-nose type of scream right with the rhythm and then had some real nice contrasting vocals, and that's kind of the idea. That's kind of an Emory style. Yeah. And listen here, he's got Definitely. some... Uh, He's, he's also got some real nice use of effects here. He did some effects, and I can't tell if a spoken word exactly. There were several people that did spoken word I thought was interesting. And uh, so he's got screaming, a tribute to Emery, some nice, really nice notes in there, and he's actually did some experimental type effects and stuff here. Reminds me of Boys Night Out a little bit. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Not quite enough to follow for that long, though. Right, right. But nice recording, nice production. Yeah. All that. Yeah, that does kind of remind me of character out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like pe- these guys have some of these guys have to be, you know, singers and bands. I don't know his band. I, I don't have any other information about about right. Brandon or Brendan. I'm sorry, it's Brendan Horn. Um, I feel bad because he probably has a band that would be worth promoting. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll try to link that in the show notes if I can find out before this episode comes out. Cool. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll just play a few more of them and we'll let them run and we'll try and talk over them and pause if we need to. Okay. Let's do that. So, I mean, this is quite dynamic. Yeah, very. He's done a lot of different Which is unusual. Mm Mm-hmm. Lots of yeah, good stuff there. That's good, yeah. Different that's approach. Really is like a modern production approach. He nailed the right. ending, and he had a bunch of different yeah. elements in it. The only thing is I think some of that experimental part in the first quiet part was a little slow, hard to follow. Yeah. Um, but really, that, that was very, very terrific. So good work. Yeah, that was, that was great. We can find more about him, Brendan Horn. Thank you. All right, let's go to good another job, one here. Um, it's always going to take me a second here to reference my note and pull the track up so I know what I'm about to play. Right. Um, this is... Okay, this one's very cool. This is... We only had two submissions that included female singing, and this is one from Caitlin Holmes. Uh, and I assume that's a female by the sound of the voice and the name Caitlin, best I can discern. Now, this was one that I thought was terrific because it... Doesn't sound like Emory. A lot of the submissions sounded like people, you know, 
It sounded yeah. maybe a little bit too much like Emory, but it wasn't, which is not really where you want it. Not maybe original enough, I think, in, in a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, not being mean to anybody. But having a different type of voice entirely, well, that just immediately kind of sets it and makes it stand apart. So I thought this was kind of nice. Wait, you said her name's Caitlin Holmes? Yes. Does she go by Katie? I don't know. Well, how would I know? You know it just Katie, says her Katie name. Right Holmes, here. Katie Holmes is a famous actress. She no, must have gotten I, in on the I don't, contest. I don't think so. That's it. <laughs> It reminds me of like late 90s girl emo stuff that I really like. Yeah, it does. Jejune and Rocket Horse yeah, Winter yeah. or Rilo Kylie or, you know, Man, anything I haven't in thought that. about those bands in forever. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound derivative. I mean, it sounds, you know, original. Yeah, definitely. Especially not today. You don't hear this much now. And that's another thing. A lot of people took that they knew that what the name of the song was and worked that in and wrote around it. Some people retitled the song and made their own one, but she clearly, uh, yeah. w- you know, worked in the title of the song here and interpreted it in some way. And uh, she mixed her vocals up pretty loud, which is good. A lot of them had you know, insecure, right. buried vocals. So, you know. <laughs> Most of the recordings I thought were pretty good. People yeah, did a decent I agree. job making their, their recordings at home, I think. But uh, you guys recorded at home too, right? Like, yeah, in my basement. Like yeah. you recorded just in that mic you're talking to me on now, sitting yeah, in the basement. Yeah, the same one. I realized too, I would never enter a contest like this. I would be so terrified to do it. It's easy for me to sit here and listen to these, but I really think I admire it so much. To I mean, you had to write the lyrics, put yourself. I mean, do I yeah, mean, it's terrific. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Another yeah, good like ending. Yeah. Another good unique lyric with a something some special delivery there at the end. So I thought that was great. Okay. This one is pretty good. Let's check this one out. This is uh Chad Ryan. Chad Ryan, thank you for this. Chad. <laughs> Crazy, huh? <laughs> So this was obviously somewhat of a joke, and this is Smash Mouth, all-star, put over the song. (laughs) But he he saw it through and did it, so it's worth listening to. It's a mashup. I I, I don't know if it's really a joke. I mean, it's a joke in, like, a way, but it's also an art form of mashup. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> it works, right? It does. <laughs> Good delivery on it. I don't know yeah. what the effect is or how you do that, but it's very. Funny. I wonder if the song just reminded him of it. I don't know. Just thought, it's quite clever. Funny. I mean, you know what's crazy is how I mean, it's a funny effect and a funny sound, but man, Smash Mouth is good. Like, listen, yeah. the, the melody is catchy as hell. There's no denying uh-huh. that. Like, it stands out. This type of thing is like an art form now too, right? It is. Don't people yeah. do this like all the time? I mean, I now, don't know. I can't keep up with all the kids and the mashups and everything. Well, and, but I, you know, you something. see like these videos where people like put a song. A, a different song to like a video of people dancing mm-hmm. and like singing and stuff like that yep, because I'm it all fits. for it. That, yeah, just, I think that's the thing. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it, you know, he took the time to do it. It's not, you know, it's not just a. It's not a. It's. I think it's terrific. That's cool. He even made it fit in seven time. You know. Not bad, huh? <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. So thank you to Chad Ryan for nice, that one. Nice, Chad. Let's see. Now, I did get one other one that was is clearly some kind of a joke, but I like jokes, so let's, let's play this one by Caleb Menard. All right. Excuse me. This song is called Everything Meemaw Gave Me. This is a bunch of experimental sounds of yelling and crying in the background of the song. <laughs> I don't really completely get it, but it's kind of neat. Ah! (laughs) And I won't play this whole thing, but I will tell you that it reminds me a little bit of like that experimental stuff, like the uh, John Zorn Naked City stuff. You know, like, oh, not, yeah. it, it, not yeah. that it's even really trying to do that. This is probably just a, a total right, joke, but right. it's interesting to hear, you know, horror scream. A horror scream yeah. is is a very intense thing. So hearing it set to music, it kind of, there's something about that that interests me just a little bit. Listen to it, you know, it's it's just, yeah. you know, it's a vulnerability and a scare. Right. There's something in a scream captured that I'd, I like that. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a little bit funny. That's funny. You remember that? I mean, this kind of similar topic, but you remember the guy we in when we were in college? There was a composer who used to his pieces of music were like burning trash bags. Yeah, and, yeah. John, uh, John Cage is the the John Cage guard. You know, whatever. Yeah. Post postmodern. Postmodern. You know, yeah. That was like. 20 years ago. Well, his famous, his most famous piece is was like a minute and 21 seconds is the name of it. And the yeah. performer sits up at the piano, opens the lid, puts the sheet music up there, and doesn't it's make a sound for a minute. Right. Doesn't make a sound for a minute, 21 seconds, closes the piano and walks <laughs> off. You know, that's the song. <laughs> I mean, there's, you can't exactly knock anything anybody's doing. And you'll notice this right. on Twitter. Uh, or anywhere, it's like, you don't know who's joking anymore. 
Right. And 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 because some of them aren't joking and it's brilliant and you don't get it. That does exist. (laughs) And some of the art forms are trying to just play around with if people get it or don't get it or think they're joking or don't joke, you know, fake outrage or, you know, even some trolling stuff is it's art. I mean, it just is. I don't know another way to say it. I doesn't mean I like it or get it, but (laughs) you're doing something and it's making people feel a way and that's something. It it that's even if it's make makes people mad and you're calculating it and controlling it, I don't know. You're doing something there. So that's true. That's like Andy Kaufman kind of yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to be the last guy to get it. You know, I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what's, All right. What tell me some ones that you like. I liked, uh, so I, we don't have to play these, but I thought this was um, cool that he did this. But Jeremiah McCarthy sent in three different versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically one like of him, it's called Just Take It Easy. He, uh, did it to our version of the song. Then he created his whole other electronic remix of the song. And then he did another C sharp major version of the song. So I thought that was kind of neat just because it was very creative. He just had all these ideas. All right, let's go. Let's hear parts of, of all the, we have not, we won't play all, all right. three of them, but let's hear what you're talking about here. Here we go. So this is the regular version, obviously. Kind of a Deftones kind of vocals. Mm-hmm. You know, the, ah. This is Chino-like. Nice. Sounds like it a real thing. It was interesting, too, because like his style of vocals makes me feel differently about the song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel as poppy. It feels more like a Deftones kind of song. Yep. That's great. Um, and, and these versions, again, I know we're talking over some of them, but that's just the way we're going to have to do it. We'll yeah. link them in here so long as these people don't mind, and you guys could download the versions and hear them all the way through. And maybe you like them better than our version, and great if you do, because I, I do think everybody did a great job. Um, yeah, that's cool. Let's listen to his other version. So he did a couple others here where he's, what, re- done more, taking it more of a remix direction. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else took that liberty other than him. Right. So he's obviously got some skills in production yeah. too. Yeah, creative. So that's his same vocal idea. Yeah, I think so. And then, yeah, so he's a couple steps removed from our version at this point, but I still hear it. Right. He's just keeping the chord function, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice textures. 
skip on ahead and see what else is in here. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. He obviously has some project, again, linked in the show notes. I, I, I'm just, I, I could be wrong about this, but I don't see how some of these people don't obviously have bands or projects that there's no reason you shouldn't go find them on Spotify or Facebook or something. So, yeah. again, I don't know what they are, don't have them in front of me. Check the show notes if you like this. Cool. And then one more. Yeah, he had a C-sharp major version is what he calls it. Okay, let's um, check it out. Now, I, this I just don't even recognize at this point, but it's yeah. nice sound. <laughs> I guess maybe he kept the same progression, just in a different key. You know, the, way, the way people make something go a minor key version, but right, he took right. what, what was minor about ours and his. the melody feel different which mm-hmm. is neat I think I gravitate toward, yeah, I, I, I know that I gravitate toward any of these that the vocals sound more mature is the word I'm going to use, I think. Right. Yeah. There's a decent amount of them that sound like something that you would have been very into this vibe of, you know, in 2004, if you found it on the internet, you'd be pretty stoked on right. it. And yeah. I can only say some of it sounds a little behind the time yeah it so feels that, that like sounds that sounds snobby that, to say but yeah it feels like that era it just like the higher kind of pop punky kind of vocals you know yeah yeah there's also a maturity thing that you know pop punk vocals when they're very up here and you sing it you know that like yeah, i exactly. like that in pop punk music and i like it cross a, a, against a good amount of hard music sometimes but it's not my favorite for our music right. at least yeah, I agree. Yeah, it just it makes it feel a little bit immature, a little. You, you sound know, so snobby, Devin, slacking. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, yeah. what else? What else did you like? Um, and then there was a couple more. If we have time, let's see. Uh, this guy. Let's do at least one Mike. more. Okay, the so, uh, do we want to do Johnny Holland? You want to do that one? Yeah. Or do you want to do a different one? What um, else did you have other than that? Well, Mike Madinay, and I was going to kind of throw him in there because I he was a vocal student of mine like 10 years ago, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, and then he kind of, he was always, he was kind of similar to what I was just describing, kind of a higher singer. He liked that style, mm-hmm. but he ends up, you know, ended up like kind of improving on uh, where, from where we first began. So he kind of came up with a pretty decent uh, version here as well, I thought. Let's check it out. You want to play a little snippet?
no vocals at the beginning though, which Yep, that's your mistake is there, not Mark. Great. Yeah, so this represents that high singing stuff. Yeah. Right. Now, right. Th- this isn't what I was talking about before with pop punky, th- that immature sound, but this represents... Uh, come listen to this. I like it. Yeah. So the... Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but there was... When we first got into the Screamo game, it, there wasn't that... The singing... I guess it was around the time of uh, Seos and Chiodos yeah. kind of thing when the vocals right. started getting higher pitched and then it started to really make you and Toby sound like men <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> yeah. And this is more of that that type of style where it's uh, aggressive right. aggressive and high. And and a lot of people really, really... Kind of a like Coheed that. and Cambria yep, kind Coheed's of... that too. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah. Right, right. Definitely another whole branch. Okay. Um, let's play... This next one is a guy named Johnny Holland who, again... Uh, let me pull it up. Sorry, I think he must be a real singer and have some some yeah. some good stuff going on because I think this one's terrific. Uh, yeah, I agree. Okay, here we go. See, the song's getting old now. <laughs> This one is one of the ones that has the quality right away. You're like, okay, this guy, I trust this guy. I guess he knows what he's doing or something. Like, right, you know, right. Is there anything you pick up on on what makes it have that quality? To me, I think that's something that sticks out for these, these vocals that really help enhance a song is the proper use of like vocal patterns. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of times the easy thing to do is to be really repetitive with your vocals, which can be good and can be attractive in a song, but also a way to use patterns that aren't exactly repetitive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like uh, variations of patterns yep. is what this guy uses that I like. Does that make sense? Yep. Little quirky things. Personality, really. Right. Little vulnerabilities are there. Right. Yeah, exactly. That he's confident about. Yeah. 
That was neat. Yeah, I think he did a good job of, of kind of guiding the vocals rather than the music guiding him. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's that's always important. Yes, that is. Okay. Well, that's all of them. And yeah. Devin and I talked about it just a little bit before we went on air. We're going to award Johnny Holland the, pri- the Johnny Grand Holland. Prize I think all the ones we played are great. Uh, and stand by. We'll send you guys all that we played here. These are, Those are the ones that we think were ter- the most terrific. And uh, Johnny Holland is the... We'll do, I, I didn't don't want to declare a winner. I was thinking just let's not and just say right. all the people we played one, but I think people would be less satisfied with that. So we'll make the yeah. declaration here, Johnny, and whatever your project is, I hope people will go down and do it. Thank you for spending the time it takes to get a vocal take to that <laughs> level and arrange the harmonies. You can't just do that in an hour. I have no idea no. how how many how long all of these people spent on this, but I imagine a long time. How long do you think? that you spend versus some of these people like how long does this take if you start from scratch oh, to do man. it to do I, it right i mean it it could take anywhere from you know a few days to a couple months <laughs> well it i mean how depends. many hours of time if you just were going to sit down like you know we've got oh. we've got a song and the music's done and you're going to do the vocals you got so to write them project arrange do them yeah. do the harmonies get take right I mean, and i guess mixed and whatever else is done to it it would definitely take me I would think it would definitely take me a full day, if not a couple of days, you know what I mean? Like a, to, to take me, in, in order to write the vocals, like these guys wrote their lyrics, mm-hmm. they came up with all this stuff, it would definitely take several hours yeah. for me to do something like that. It's so, not like I can just spit it out, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it, I mean, voc- the lyrics alone take hours. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. And then you got to totally. have a melody, and then you got to track it, and then you got to do the harmonies. I mean, oh, man. You know, so, so just to get to the finish line here and have a produced version that's good enough to listen to you know oh i'm sure it took these guys a a week yeah i feel i I feel bad for all the people that did all the work here you know (laughs) i hope they learned something and learned something about this and i am very sorry that we couldn't play everybody's uh because there's you know again there's good things i can say about all of them and i'm gonna do that right now so i'm gonna list everybody that did one and give you at least a note that i wrote down when i was listening to your track and uh yeah. Okay. So Aaron Coleman did one, and I thought Aaron had a good, very good voice. I thought he did a very cool spoken word part, and he did some layered low screaming. All those elements I thought were all all very good. Sorry if I mess up your names here. Aaron Mong did one, and I thought the harmony was nice, and he used some very cool reverb uh, that really added a depth in in a couple parts there, and some effects use in the bridge. Good job on that. Arthur Ramsey had a great scream. Thank you for for that scream. I thought on the bridge that the tone of that scream was was really good. Uh, Billy Fuqua, if I say that right, had he used a ton of different vocal styles. He had trade off vocals, counter melody, octave, screaming. It was a nice composition, um, and I thought that was good. Brendan Horn, we already played. He's the one that did the art. You listening one? The screams are cool, and yeah, it was good. Caitlin Holmes, we played that one. I thought that was terrific. Uh, thank you for that, Caleb. Maynard Maynard uh, he it was the jokey one but thank you for pushing the boundary the one with the (laughs) screaming weird sounds and stuff in it thanks for doing that Chad Ryan made the Smash Mouth mashup thumbs up on that as you already know Chad Peacock uh, he and a couple other people interpreted the key differently but it wasn't like they were out of tune or something they actually brought an interesting tonality to it chose some notes that i wouldn't have found that i thought were very interesting and good work on that it was kind of cool uh chris Mm -hmm. kulane had a real nice soft chill 
approach. Like it was a very, con like it made the music sound aggressive because he was more laid back. And I, I thought that was a good feeling. Uh, Chris Oliveris was the most, probably the most aggressive single approach uh, as far as the vocals were the most aggressive. And he had some experimental effects in there too. Um, Coy Comer, he's a good Emory fan. He's somebody that follows Bad Christian that we know. He lives in Cincinnati. Thank you for taking the time there, Coy. Uh, your voice is terrific. I really like your little your the little vibrato and stuff in your voice. I think it is is great. So thank you for doing that. And you also had an interesting tonal impression um, interpretation there. I thought it was good. We had a. I imagine this is a husband and wife team maybe brother and sister, I don't know. But it, it was labeled as Dave and Steph Garner, and they did, I, I think it was more where he was doing the screaming and she was doing the singing, and then he did a little other stuff, and that was a nice combo, uh, very fresh sounding. Derek Ham, uh, it was very experimental, reminded me of Matt, Mike Patton a little bit and that kind of thing, and I thought that was great. Gabe Reasoner, he spent a lot of time on his, and I thought it was really good, didn't have time to play it. It was very chill. And I thought it was going to be all calm. And then it gained a ton of in intensity as it went. A lot of nice surprises. It was a nice surprise in there. And he was very good with the rhythmic, rhythmic elements. And I believe Gabe sent his lyrics in a sheet. I appreciate that. I think only two people did that. And that means you really cared. And yep. really must, you know, just to do that, I appreciate everybody spending the time on the lyrics. Uh, Jake Hadlock, his version, I specifically paid attention to and liked the lyrics. I thought they were really interesting, what he was talking about from what I could get there. Jeremiah McCarthy, he's the one that did the remix and electronics. Terrific. Johnny Holland, congratulations. Um, this is another one that was I really would have played if we had more time, but Marco Randazzo, he had a lot of energy to the vocals. It was one of those that had charisma kind of right away. Uh, and he, he had the tonality in a slightly different place that, than I thought, too. He did some three-part harmonies. Oh, and he, man, he said fuck in the song. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> he had, like, it was a really aggressive lines. It had a lot, like I said, it had a lot of charisma and stuff. Um, but it was the only way to said fuck in the song. And it was, <laughs> it was a cool line and uh, did some really good effects. Mason Wick, um, that was, so Mason Wick did a mashup. It was, didn't, wasn't as catchy as Smash Mouth because the song that he mashed up with it was an Emory song called Misbehaving, which is not near <laughs> as catchy as Smash Mouth is. And so it didn't quite right. make in that regard. But it, it was, it must have been really difficult to do that. But he, you know, went all the way through and, and retrofit the lyrics to Misbehaving from the question to this. Uh, Mike Capuano had a very cool melody and there was some sweet layers in the bridge. Uh, Mike, how do you say your uh, the person, Mike? Madinay. Madinay, yeah. That was nice and aggressive and high pitch there. I thought that uh, typified a neat thing. R.J. Barnett had a really nice floaty melody. I thought it matched the music well. Samuel Haig, uh, he had an auto-tune. This is another one that we had highlighted to play, but not quite enough time to do it. I think you'll like it. His was a, uh, he had a very auto-tuned, cool production sound. It sounded like... It was made it extra poppy in a way that uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. It sounded really like 2010 kind of screamo era, you know, in a way that I think was was really really neat and good production. Tim McMahon, he had some real Allison Chains parallel Gregorian monk chant fifth <laughs> yeah. parallel harmonies going. That I thought were pretty neat. Did you catch that one, Devin? Yeah, I got that one. Um, Tom Murkowski, uh, he had the most punk style voice, like a I don't know how to describe it, but I could really hear that uh, going well on a 
on a punk band, like a mature punk band. And I, I thought that was a cool a voice. It had some charisma to it. And he, it was a very nice bridge arrangement. And I think we're on the last one here, Troy Pruitt. He had a very, very modern scream, like a very pure, good yeah, modern screaming. He also sent lyrics, so I think nice. he probably takes that seriously, and I appreciate people that take that kind of thing seriously and send it on. And that's the total list, and I don't know what else nice. I have to say other than blown away that many people would do it um, and yeah, spend that. I mean, that's I feel bad because we had so many people spend so many hours on this. I hope <laughs> that the process of this, and I really do believe this, you had to have enjoyed it, and that's why you did it. And that means you're better at it than you were before, and th that's just how it works. That's the reason right. to do anything. And uh, I'm sorry if we couldn't play everybody's in here, but I do hope people take the time, find the link, download all these, look the peop look up the artists that that have projects or anything they want to point to. I don't think any. Yeah. I didn't get even one message of anybody trying to win something or get something or said, "Can you promote?" But nobody made even a, a request. So I yep. am going to, unless I'm just not aware of it, but I'll take this as just a privilege and an honor that, you know, you guys would do this just for the sake of doing something fun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is terrific. So thank you, everybody. That's cool. Uh, anything else you want to say, Devin? Oh, I don't think so. I want to say, reiterate what you said. Just thanks. That was cool. It was fun to listen to. I mean, mm -hmm. when you write a song, that can go a million different ways and then you and then you get to hear it go mm -hmm. you know 30 different ways <laughs> yeah which is kind of a neat experiment and if you're new at this or whatever i was talking to john dunn that, that worked at tooth and nail for a long time the other day and he was talking about us and we were talking about reminiscing and how bad we were in in 2002 and how our songs were terribly long and we had some <laughs> yeah. stupid vocal i mean you know Terrible, terrible, terrible. Right. So there's no such thing as somebody who is isn't good that can't become good. Because we were not good. Oh yeah. We were not good. Everything I heard here was is was better than I've heard us be at some point. You know, I've I've been singing and playing songs with Devin since 1995 and 96 <laughs> yeah. and I assure you, everybody's way ahead of where we were in that year. And I don't know these people. Yes. You know how long everybody's been working on this, but. Keep it going. Have fun. Let's do some more of this. This is great. Thank you, yeah, everybody. No, that's awesome. Good job, guys. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold indifference. All that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. 
We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.